At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Howdy, everyone. If you enjoy the show, join our free Discord. Link in the description and chat with the cast. Please leave a review and consider joining our Patreon for behind-the-scenes content and more. Tears start at a dollar, and even that helps us out. To stay up to date with episode releases and more, follow us on Twitter at Riftway Podcast. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Realms, the 5e D&D podcast where we discuss all you need to know about world building, from gods and demons to mountains and molehills. I'm Nathan, the dungeon master and creator of Riftwake. I'm Josh, your co-host and fellow dungeon master, world builder, and fantasy enjoyer. Today, we'll be talking about what Rifts and Realms is and going over some of the points and things that go into making a world. So, Josh, what is mm-hmm. Rifts and Realms about? So, Rifts and Realms is really just a new show that we're putting out there for our listeners um, that goes into the nitty-gritty of creating the world that you're going to be playing D&D or whatever system it is that you use. Um, it's going to be a little bit more concept based because, you know, everything, everyone's going to be comfortable in different ways. Um, It's really more about not only what works for us, but finding what works for you. Right. Right. So Josh, what's your background in world building? Like what kind of worlds do you like writing? um, So and so forth. So now, this is where I talk about my Naruto fan fiction I wrote whenever I was in middle school. Um, <laughs> I say not as a joke, very legitimately. Um, oh my god. Where I have been basically writing and doing stuff like that since I was like 10 and I'm 27. Um, so... I mean, that's that's literally it. It's uh, I liked the kind of Naruto aesthetic. I've done things for D&D. I've done things for like techno dystopia stars without numbers, which is a uh, Patreon exclusive show that we're doing right now. Wink, wink, um, nudge, nudge. Wink, yeah, <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, like m- generally my worlds are either high fantasy or high tech. Um, because I just really enjoy having like slightly inexplainable things that are just like fun to shove in there. 
Cool. I, I would say yeah. in my case, um, well, everyone has seen Rift Wake, of, of course. Of course. Oh, yeah, everyone yeah, in the world everyone, has seen Rift Wake. everyone. Yeah, Looks but... that are 45 <laughs> downloads. <laughs> All jokes aside, um, I... Like the only real setting I've written to a large extent is a uh, Riffwake, to be honest. Mm. Like I have done some minor writing in a couple other settings, like uh okay, uh there's this setting I wrote called the Anthropocene, where it's like, okay, what if um we take our modern setting, like real life modern setting, and then just fuck it up because <laughs> everything that that's bad that's going on right now just continues going on and becomes worse so yay mm-hmm. but um the main one that i've done like extensive writing on is riff wake mm-hmm. and like i'm heavily influenced by a lot of books i've read um over the years and like the hobbies i have like it takes a, a lot of inspiration from shit like warhammer 40k uh and like the Riff War Saga. I no name similarities whatsoever. Yes, <laughs> couldn't um, couldn't be similar at all. Yeah, couldn't be similar at all. Like it's very different. I swear. I I am not just one for one plagiarizing a book. <laughs> okay, I swear. It, it sounds very sarcastic and unconvincing right now, but read it. It's it's a really good. My book. my no, pinky no, no is out. I'm making the promise. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so. Um, Josh, what do you think? Uh, okay, wait. Mm-hmm. So, Josh, what 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 do you think? Uh, like, what what do you plan on doing with this show? Like, what what's the goal? Well, I personally, I'm getting thoughts to words. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of my world building knowledge and and like where it comes from at this point is almost second nature. So people like my, my younger brother is also a DM sometimes and he'll come to me with a bunch of questions and I'm like, how do you not know this? And I'm like, well, of course he doesn't notice. He hasn't been doing this for 17 years. <laughs> he doesn't know to make more than two towns. Like, <laughs> I mean, you do just need two towns really realistically. I mean, hypothetically, depending yeah, I mean, upon yeah. this type of system you're running, you might not need more than two towns. But whenever you want to create a fantasy epic that has multiple factions conflicting with each other, you kind of <laughs> right, want right. to go big. <laughs> yeah, like, it kind of takes away from the experience when <laughs> you're like, okay, this is a very epic fantasy thing, yes. So, um, what's the name of the next town over? And then you're like, ah, uh, there is no next town over, <laughs> but... <laughs> You live in Dung Squalor, and uh, that's the only city I've built. <laughs> oh, golly gosh. Oh, yeah. Gee, Josh. Like, for me, what I, I, I hope to achieve with this podcast, honestly, is really put together a wider concept slash uh, methodology to world building, just in general. Mm-hmm. I. I take great joy in, like, writing quote-unquote rules. Like, rules in terms of, like, uh, uh-huh. thinking. So, like, 
I have spent a lot of time writing extensive rules like on how like the different elements that constitute a magic system, uh, so mm-hmm. and so forth, like that. Um, like very writer writery stuff, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, like the systems that are in like, place yeah. that make the world what it is. Like little elements that make a magic system what it is. Little elements that make a certain religious, uh, format for a setting the way it is. Mm-hmm. Like the the sub elements. I find analyzing these sub elements very fun because, like, you can reference a lot of written material in real life, like not real life, but like in fiction, um, mm-hmm. that takes from these same core principles, quote unquote principles. Um, that, well, <laughs> it's really cool to just put it on paper and have it be something that can be seen. So, um, or in this case, heard. Yeah, (laughs) I guess uh, in that case, um, I think we're good to start on the actual first episode of the show. Do we have a name for the first episode? I know we have an idea for the first episode of the show. Do we have a name for it already? Uh, we call it like getting started or getting busy. Yeah, getting started. (laughs) Getting started. I guess getting busy. It's like episode sixty (laughs) nine. Yeah. Getting busy, yes. Uh, okay, so let's start off. I guess you you can go first with the the thing. Yeah. Um. So I mean, first things first in world building. I always think it's important to establish your need. Um. What you what you're gonna be doing here? What you want your players to be doing here? Um. If you want a small sandbox type setting, then do your world building kind of around the putting interesting things within your sandbox, fun little things for your characters to play with, uh, scary things for your characters to avoid. Like, But if you want a linear kind of pathway through your story, like in a lot of D&D books, um, a lot of your world building can center around, you know, quote-unquote, the plot. If you think that the players are such that they will actually follow your plot, uh, which, you know, God forbid. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Imagine. Imagine players following a plot. Um, But that's kind of what first steps need to be, is what what do I need to draw into this world, and what can I just throw in later as the need arises? Like, you know, uh, if you're doing a one shot, you don't need every single NPC in the town name. You might, you know, want to have everyone in a certain noble house named with uh, various backgrounds, histories and stuff like that. If you're doing a murder mystery for, you know, the noble family who invited all these hubbubs. But I mean, like that's step number one is, you know, create your need, like know what you want to do and kind of get started there i think because it's i I, oh go ahead yeah i think i think it's quite uh true to say that um before anything else understanding what like the base level of creation that's required for your world is always a good way to pace yourself so you don't end up writing essentially like a full setting for like a fucking novel when it's just like okay this is a throwaway thing that you'll use for like one game and then just be like oh now what what was all that for 
but I've also had friends experience like world builder burnout where they felt like they've needed to create everything for the world right at the very beginning. Right, that's suddenly not true. And then the world true, right? never gets used exactly because they never feel like it's good enough. And so it just sits there in their Google Docs for a decade because they've decided, oh no, I never finished talking about Glorp and Glupin's, you know, deep in background. <laughs> oh, poor Glorp and Gloop. Will he ever find love? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's on the other side of the world, my guy. We don't, no one can care right now. You have to play the game <laughs> right. for NPCs to matter. Honestly, like, what I would say is that the, your writing generally, like, other than, like, the initial need, right, um, as you go through the world building process, um, regardless of whether you're doing it for I'm just going to add in a couple things about writing just in general um, mm-hmm. for world building because some people might like uh, think about, okay, what if I'm world building not for just the game, uh, something larger. And just think about what, it, like, what people are drawn to, especially in the game, um, in the game sense where, okay, what things are people drawn to as they play your game? And then look at those things, try and understand a certain correlation between those things and try and deepen the bits that they really care about. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Like, if your characters are going to be merchants, know how trade works. But if they're just going to be adventurers who loot every cave they can find, then you don't need to have a deep you don't have to do a deep in-depth dive into the hardcore economics (laughs) can you imagine it's just like you're like okay i okay well it's the 14th of may there has been a glut in the gemstone industry so that i shall now head into the mines and find myself a lot of gemstones and then I will corner the market by uh, I will create killing... a false sense of scarcity. <laughs> <laughs> yes, by killing all the merchants that have <laughs> the gemstones and stealing them. And then now I will have a grasp upon this <laughs> monopoly the of local gemstone. gemstone market. Exactly. And then And would that be cool? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it would if be. that's what That'll your players be fucking want. Amazing. <laughs> it's great if that's what your par- uh, your 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 parents your players want to do but don't create an entire arc about you know creating false skin scarcity for pyrite if the players aren't going to give a single shit about that i do have to say that that's something i've always wanted to play like a like a a game like a merchant class yeah yeah where you fucking manipulate the market or like just like oh shit um, spoken like a true filthy capitalist (laughs) (laughs) okay according to these rumors i've paid money for uh, the city down south has a la- has has a lack a of this shortage. mineral. I shall now journey across the land to bring this mineral down there to get a massive payout. It is going to be great. You're like, I have bad news. Every other merchant thought the same thing. It's like you go there, it's like, ah, fuck. It's, it's, it's just like the the price is just. So low because bottomed out. Yeah, the fucking supply just boomed all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, but that definitely is a part of world, build- world building. Where think about what the people who are playing or reading, uh, like experiencing your world, want from it, and what they're drawn mm-hmm. to. 
Okay, so moving on from the need, let's talk about a theme. Because what makes a world unique in most people's eyes is certain aspects that just snap instantly, just snap to mind. Uh, that make it different from the generic Tolkien esque uh fantasy world. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and of course, you can draw your theme from literally everywhere. You can draw them from Disney movies. Uh. I mean, our current arc in in Riftwake right now is literally pulled from, like, every high school drama, comma, but what if they were also wizards? Like, that's literally the inspiration. Um, As well as uh, other D&D podcasts who have done it before, where you're like, oh, that's so much fun. I would love for that to, for my players to experience fantasy high school, like, literally. Um, inspiration can basically come from your favorite book series, like Nathan's did. Um, <laughs> Greek mythology, like the the greatest world builders of them all, the Greeks. Am I right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were so good. They actually believed it. Holy shit! <laughs> they were so good at their world building. They made it into a religion. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Do I sense a conspiracy? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, like Norse inspired. I mean, you don't have to be inspired by, you know, existing mythologies or existing books. um, But just like getting an idea of like drawing upon your knowledge and experience to create what feels like a living world is awesome. Yeah, I I I mean, one of the key key um things when it comes to inspiration is that it can come from something as simple as being okay this would be really cool um what <laughs> yeah. if there was a world where a certain thing was highly possible like for example what if in a like uh, in a D&D world like traditional fantasy world if just like perhaps gods are well believed in and like there are miracles but there's no definitive like actual proof that where these miracles are coming from or you just be like okay all gods are actually fucking evil and they're trying to use people then it's hidden behind this backdrop so you can just use all of these like very interesting ideas that you come up with like that i think most people can think of one or two ideas that they've had where it's like oh shit that would be amazing to just like have somewhere that can just be yeah. the starting thing that just bah, it makes your world that little bit different from everything else. Some of the most important parts of establishing your themes are what if blank, comma, but blank. Yes, exactly. Like I think one of my favorite uh, worlds that I've ever created was like, what if D and D, but Monster Hunter, like. <laughs> <laughs> like that was so fun to build. Like, like if I were to say what Riftwake is as a quote unquote like a simple like, exp- like what simple if inch. blank but blank yeah 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 it's like what if you took a traditional uh fantasy setting but everything was kind of shit and <laughs> yeah that that's basically that's basically the premise there because you go. 
resurrection does is just not not a thing really mm-hmm. it's very like limited to the point where it's like literally like the only instance you've seen of seen of it's like a one-time <laughs> use thing that appeared it's once. like what if D but magical realism exactly but mm-hmm. it's it's not that realistic either. <laughs> it's no, just kind it's of... not. Well, the thing is, is that like magical realism is very different from reality realism. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like as you can see, it can be as simple as like just a sort of more like a feeling rather than just like a simple. Like even though I just talked about it, rather than e- even just a simple like, oh, what if this cool thing existed? What if mm-hmm. it's just a different take on things, like how I do with yeah. Riftwake, where you know, it's just things are, that happen are just a certain way. Things always tend to go a certain way in a certain direction, which creates a overall feeling to a place that just makes it that much different from everything else. Yeah, it guides your world building technique and practice. If we want to hop back to my fan fiction that I wrote in middle school, yes, yes, yeah, it's like what if what if Naruto, comma but. Uh oh wait, what was his name? Who's the spider guy? God, it was my favorite show for like <laughs> eight years. I don't okay, let me let me tell name. you something, um, Josh. I I've you never watched, I've <laughs> never watched Naruto. It's like what if Naruto come up, but Orochimaru had a kid. Like straight up, like that's it. Oh. That is the foundational point of that story. Is it cringe? Hell yeah. But is Hell it yeah. <laughs> but is it dazed? Hell yeah. <laughs> like, here's the thing. Like, the worlds that you create don't have to be, like, these deeply intricate, like, I, I had it in a fever dream. Like, they can just, like, it can it's just like, be fun. Like you can it, just have it, fun. It with doesn't it. have to come to you in a God-given epiphany <laughs> where you're like, "Oh my God, I have this world. It's living in my mind. I can see every man, child, woman <laughs> living their lives, dying. I have ascended beyond this realm. <laughs> it's like I am one among the people. I can see every single life playing out. I can see eons, eons." <laughs> Sometimes it's like, what if clowns were found family? Like that's like, <laughs> like you can just have fun with it. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Okay. Oh, man. So let's talk a bit about magic. <laughs> like, like our interactions right now. Yeah, exactly. They're magical. <laughs> so... How can you change up magic in a fantasy setting or non-fan like non-fan? Is there such thing as magic in non-fantasy? That's just just. It, a, it's not I mean, fantasy. normally magic in non-fantasy is called like techno babble, like <laughs> right, because it's just a different like texture to it. Like you just yeah, it's you like how did it. this impossible thing happen? And you're like, oh, it's like electrons. <laughs> you know the the neutrinos and the 
uh, electrolytes combine to form a three-dimensional geom of a turtle. Right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's panicking. So, magic types. I mean, like the the core. I mean, the key. The key. The two, two key um magic is basically magic. No magic. Whoa. And then oh. just a spectrum between those two. <laughs> um. So I mean, once again, magic kind of blends itself into uh, what you're inspired by. So if you're going for that kind of vibe of like, let's say ancient Greece, like we, we want to have like a Greco Roman inspired theme. You're going to want like the high magic, like gods deeply involved with the world. Wizards being a thing. Oh, shit. Like, yeah. I totally forgot the flavor, uh-huh. the fucking flavor. Think the about fucking it. flavor. You got <laughs> think about. It. You can have a broth, right? But but yeah. you know, it not all broth tastes the same. No, you know? some of it's tomato based. Exactly. Some of it. Some of it's just based. <laughs> <laughs> These are bad jokes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are we enjoying them? Maybe. Yes. Yeah. Man. Yes. Uh, so, I would say like. Have fun with this. Um, it's really cool to have a themed magic system. This something I find that always lacks in magic, where often magic just seems like a kind of okay. Look at this woods eliminator. No, not not just that. It's like, look, I have a <laughs> stick. Let me wave it around, say some gibberish, and now magic happens. Think about something. Like think about think deeply into magic. Think about where does it come from? How does it function? Because, for example, um, you can base your magic on a lot of different things. Uh, Like, okay, maybe it's based on life force. Maybe it's based on, okay, it's a form of energy. There's different ways to represent the core of where this comes from. And that can sometimes create a certain look and feel to your magic mm-hmm. for example and imagine a setting where it's life force and then some people like the really powerful magic casters just look shriveled up because they've just been draining their life force all the fucking time or you have these fucking evil people that when they fight uh, in a grassy field when they're done all the living things around them are dead and they all mm-hmm. look youthful and uh, full of energy because they don't expend their own life force one of the great examples of i'd say like life force based magic would be uh, aragon did you ever read that book series slash watch that one movie that they had yeah, about it i i have read like the first book i kind of dropped it i think oh, that was like ages a, ago it's pretty fun yeah i think it was like one of those middle schooler uh things for me too uh but <laughs> yeah like and then one of the things when considering magic is also like, what's the public perception of magic is right. magic kind of dealt with hostility by the upper classes and, you know, civilians alike. Is it Maybe something that is like privilege? Of the upper yeah. Class? Privilege secrets guarded by the upper class. Is it like, uh, hidden. 
hidden or, or is it like in the guild or not guild wars uh in there's like guild in dragon wars. age where it's like oh any magic comes from the realm of demons and so if you were a mage you are going to be under the tutelage of a knight's templar basically whose job is to slit your throat if you ever step out of line Okay, I will keep my coffee with this magic fire. Uh, he's 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 gonna shoot me. He's gonna shoot me with a fire. Fucking kill him! He's going out of control. Help! Um, he's like, just like the coffee is like lukewarm, and the man's dead. Oof! <laughs> Oof. Sad. The we coffee was a good even wizard warm, today. You know? <laughs> but then there's also like your Warhammer 40k, where it's like, hey, straight up. The power that you're getting is from the nightmare realm of hell. And if you fuck this up, we all die. <laughs> like, I, I, I like that. It's always so fun. It, I mean, it makes magic have pretty intense consequences. Talking about consequences, aren't they fun? <laughs> Don't you just love them? Um, but yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of fun with low magic type settings as well. Um, one of my favorite campaigns that I've put together has been uh, a Hackmaster campaign, um, which is like D&D, but for every three levels you raise in Hackmaster, you get one equivalent level of D&D. So it's, the progression is a lot slower, and you are normal for basically the entire lifetime of your character damn mm-hmm that's like weird it it is a bit strange it's a it's a great and yet terrible system because it's really great if you want to have that like low magic long-term healing realistic depth to your set like to not only your setting but to your like system right because mm. you can have a grim dark setting and then your system is like i took a 30 minute nap and now i'm full health it's like <laughs> it's like oh it's not like very oh, grim so dark. not very grim dark is no, it you, you, you what you want in a grim dark setting oh my god his his, his fucking leg it's in <laughs> twain the bone is sticking <laughs> oh, out okay we, we can still heal him if we strap these bones back together and he lies there in great pain for the next for 12 months. hours. <laughs> we have the next three months as the bone just slowly regrows itself back into place. But however, it will never be quite the same. because <laughs> Now your character him, has a limp. <laughs> he has a horrible limp and his, and his farts smell funny for whatever reason. <laughs> well, don't they always? <laughs> uh... But yeah, so like matching system to theme actually is probably also an important subcategory for for this. Um, D&D lends itself to, uh, you know, the sword and the sorcery, like high fantasy, uh, lots of. It's really a combat system first and then like a role play system second. Um a lot of their roleplay aspects are kind of tacked on. Um, right. I mean, that's and, kind of like how it was originally developed, though. Exactly. As a fighting thing. It was a fighting... It was basically a dungeon crawler. Yeah, dungeon crawler. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like you don't expect Diablo two to have our yeah, exactly. romance like, mechanics. Like <laughs> um, you get but, increased increased fire damage when you yeah. romance this character. But if you're playing Fire Emblem and your character doesn't get to make out with a hottie, then you're like, oh well, I've been lied to. <laughs> I mean, like, I I always find it really fun in games where there seems to there's like rewards to interacting with the world it kind of incentivizes yeah. it yeah absolutely um but like you know maybe here's the thing i might get some flack for this but maybe D isn't the perfect system for every situation you find yourself in. oh god no that's sacrilege oh, shit. <laughs> you fucking heathen you heathen burn him like, burn him <laughs> like Maybe for your Warhammer 40k equivalent, you want to use the Dark Heresy system. Ooh, you know, fantastic. maybe, yeah, maybe Dark Heresy is so fun. I, I want to play that so bad. But then the thing is, mm -hmm. I'm, we're getting off on a little tangent here about Dark Heresy. Mm -hmm. um, the only people who want to play Dark Heresy are Warhammer Bros. <laughs> right, and those are and. Some of them haven't showered in like 45 years. Um, but even secondary to that is that like <laughs> you can't get a new player to play Dark Heresy. You're like, OK, have you been aware of the setting for 20 years? No. OK, well, I have a lot of reading. That I'm <laughs> Here, um, firstly, I need you to get this um, this degree oh. in uh, Warhammonomics. Yes. Yeah. First and foremost, um, we're going to get you started with the basics of the Astronomicon. Now, here is <laughs> in this 40 part series to get this, you enough in this course, base information. After you finish this course, you can you will get a degree certificate certificate. <laughs> yes, a certificate certifying you a Warhammer fan. Um, <laughs> you must finish it, however, if not, we will feed you to the demon spawn. <laughs> so i mean yeah. that's just that's part of part of the world building is finding a system that works well for the type of world that you want um you know whether that be high magic low magic techie um i have found that systems that try to be fantasy techie um like starfinder I feel like they never strike a perfect balance. Like if you're if you want to play techno futuristic, why are there elves? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean that's just me personally. Um I've I've had trouble getting into those types of systems, but you know that's on me more so than it's on anybody else. So moving on, let us talk about gods, higher beings. Dios es mío. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do you wanna you wanna kick off talking about deities? Right. So, what I would say about gods is that they are supernatural higher beings that can literally change worlds and that kind of makes them important i think um <laughs> <laughs> what? so 
<laughs> how this can add to your world is very much in the case where imagine you have these higher powers with their own uh, agendas and whatnot, or certain yeah agendas that they want to push, and they have control over vast uh, followings. Now, this can be a very solid base for a lot of conflict slash uh, plot points within your world and can feed into how your world feels and what um, makes your world your world and uh, makes it different from any other because you can have worlds where there is no divine intervention. You can have worlds where there is a lot of divine intervention and you can do that bullshit thing where... Your party's <laughs> like, okay, I will pray to my lord, Terry J- James Kramer guy. Dude. Terry James Kramer, the greatest of the deities. <laughs> Terry yes, exactly. James Kramer. Yes, I put a bunch of names together. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the lord of humanity. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the grand the- archon of human's fate. And then you, you 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 kill the bad guy, and he comes back, and he's like, "Ah, I have returned because the god of death, um, you know, has brought me back." He he, he did that. It's very cool. And mm-hmm. yeah, that that can be your world. <laughs> I, I, something tells me that you're not a fan. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a fan. I don't I don't like gods. What the fuck? I Just love them. So how do you I love them? <laughs> okay. Describe them. So for me, the important thing with deities is creating rules for how they're allowed to interact with your world. Um, like, and the same is true with demons, right? Because mm-hmm. if you have these cosmically powerful entities that can destroy the entire planet with a snap of their fingers, you are then forced to ask the question, um, why? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, my answer to that is basically, oh, they walk around all the place and, you know, they just exist. Whoa. <laughs> nice. Nailed it. Excellent world building. <laughs> <laughs> but if they of... exist on a divine plane and that is their, like, sphere of influence, like, how, how do they atta- interact with the material realm? Material realm. The realm. The realm. <laughs> How do we interact with the realm? <laughs> we get realm. Uh, <laughs> we get a realm. So, so how do the gods interact with the physical realm? By how grooming do demons people. interact with the physical realm? By grooming people. Truth? Grooming people. <laughs> Not incorrect. It's just a lot of grooming. That, that's all they, it they is. They do a lot of haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if you... If, if you believe in me, I'll, I'll give you um, a haircut. But think about it. <laughs> think Good about deal. it. Your hair Are will you be nice, you know. You know. People might like you because of your <laughs> hair. <laughs> you can You'll be good. so cool. You'll be so, all your friends want you, you know want your haircut, and then they'll join yeah. me too. <laughs> <laughs> So if there's a grand cosmic struggle happening, um, you have to ask yourself, like, why is it 
Is it in a stalemate? Like, who's ascendant right now? What does that mean for the material realm? Like, are there good gods that want to see the world come to an end? Or are there, like, bad gods oh, who have terrific. investment in, like, seeing humanity continue to grow? Like, Right, because they can have their own, like, things going on you know yeah like i, I can like, suddenly see the appeal of uh having such a thing where you could be like yeah. okay um this guy he's like this god he's responsible for my entire family dying because of one of his followers however this other god wants everyone to die right now <laughs> so i don't have a choice <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but it's it's like um, you know, how influential is the deity in in their cult's dealings? Like that's that's something that you need to know. Like cults if you fun. have cults are fun, but if the cult is being constantly like guided by the deity, then you're going to need to you know say like why does this god get to do that and other ones don't? Hel hel helicopter god, god, helicopter Helicopter god. parent god. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That, that <laughs> has everyone had their daily dose of spinach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, I I feel like assigning rules to deities, and or even if you don't have deities, like what is the rules of your non deities? Like you're totally like, not deity, but kind universe. of deity guys, you know. Yeah. Your exemplars, you know, those guys, pretty cute. Yeah. Like, what are their rules? How do they interact with the world? How do people perceive them? Does that perception change? And then, of course, this only applies if it matters. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe going back to that little chestnut where if you're only doing a one shot, maybe you don't need a fully realized pantheon for this. Bad yeah, boy. maybe, maybe you just need one guy. His name is Terry James. Terry James Mark. Is something. Bargley. Bar he's the god of something or another. Um. You, you are nailing this god's section. <laughs> Do people know you're a deist? Does, does everyone know that? Like I, I don't know, man. You know what? Let's just call every god Jesus Christ. It'll be an entire pantheon. Oh, yeah. Every single god's called Jesus That won't Christ. be problematic for literally every other religion. <laughs> no, of course not. It's just no, like, okay, this not. is... Uh, my Jesus Christ is different from your Jesus Christ. <laughs> my Jesus is a little five-pound, six-ounce baby Jesus. My Jesus is made of bread. <laughs> oh, yeah? He's on the toaster? <laughs> Yeah, and his blood is wine or something. Very cool. Very you edible. Are nailing it. <laughs> nailing it. <laughs> Moving on from our good bready Jesus. Um, Moving on from Bread Lord. <laughs> bread Lord. <laughs> yeah. So gods do play a pretty big part in what shapes a lot of people's uh, setting. Yeah, and creates I mean, even I mean, even Rift Wake's lack of deity, like lack of gods, yeah, like in the traditional God sense, gods, yeah, yeah. shapes the setting. Um, you know, in D and D, Lordy Bobordy, if there's not a god for every fucking thing, <laughs> uh, I mean, like, imagine if 
Griffwig had a, had actual deities. You know what would happen? Garf would be dead. Um, that's it. <laughs> yeah, Gorf wouldn't have been allowed to be a paladin. It would have just been Ever. like imagine no like that. I, I imagine it's just like at some point it'd just be like okay I'm gonna use smite and just nothing happens and then he dies. No <laughs> he no actually he uses smite. No no he uses smite and then just from the heavens above I shall smite you and then just like boom and Gorf's gone. <laughs> Dad. You wanted smite, and I gave you a smite. What the fuck? No, 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 my problem. <laughs> not my problem that you're not abiding by my tenants, you son of a bitch. And I, I think that just brings us to the end of this first episode of, <laughs> of like how to get started. Like, there's, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's still a lot of stuff that we can talk about, but yeah, I think we can leave, everything. <laughs> leave that for another episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rifts and Realms. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Tier stars low as a dollar and even that much really helps us out. Support get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, and even input on Rifts and Rules topics. Find us on Twitter at Podcast, and you can send us an email, Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and bye bye Also join the Discord. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.